the Success is Subjective podcast series brought to you by the College Parent Survival Network presented by Lilly Consulting. I'm your host, Joanna Lilly. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Shana Abram. Shana holds a master's degree in counseling psychology with a specialty in eating disorders from Lewis and Clark College in Portland, Oregon. She's also completed additional coursework in chemical dependency at Cal State University, East Bay, and prior to full-time consulting, she worked therapeutically with a wide range of clients, including adults, adolescents, children, and families. Shana understands that each family she works with has unique and often complex challenges. Her intent is to meet each family where they are and guide them to reach their individually defined goals. Over the past decade, she has worked with hundreds of families and has placed clients in academic and therapeutic settings. She has also helped start the Therapeutic Consulting Association, aka TCA, which is a national trade organization for therapeutic referring professionals. She remains an active board member for the organization, and she's also a co-founder of the College Parent Survival Network, which might sound familiar because that's who sponsors this podcast, which is an online community for parents of college-age students. In her free time, Shana enjoys traveling, cooking, and kiln-based glasswork. She and her family reside in the East Bay area. Let's not wait any longer. Here's Shana. All right. Shana, thanks for being on the podcast. <laughs> of course. It's my pleasure. See, we're already giggling and I only just hit record. <laughs> but we're going to dive in. So giggles aside, tell our listeners, where did you grow up? And what did, what were you hearing from your family about post-secondary education? And then also just, you know, the larger community in which you were raised? What was the kind of cultural expectation around post-secondary education? So the bulk of my childhood was spent in the San Francisco Bay Area, in San Mateo Foster City specifically, where I believe in the water, it is absolutely guaranteed you must go to a four-year school after high school. And if you don't, then you are a complete and utter loser. And that was carried through not only in the culture, but you know the joke in my family that was made was, I am the dropout because I only have a master's degree. So <laughs> there was a lot of pressure around what is post-secondary life going to look like. Wow. My jaw just like totally hit the floor. <laughs> what? I don't think that you're a dropout. I just feel like I need to validate you right now, friend. The fact that you have a master's degree. <laughs> like, wow. Okay. So that's that's a really great tongue-in-cheek kind of like experience, you know, with your family, but wow, talk about pressure. I think that's kind of the underlying, like just envisioning this being a pressure cooker, but also more importantly, the the judgment is really thick, right? If you're, like you said, if you're not in school, then what the heck are you doing, right? You're just right. seen as less than. Definitely. And not only that, but I knew for myself, surprisingly, you know, looking back at it somehow, magically knew that going directly from high school to a four-year school wasn't for me. And so chose to go to a community college. And then not only that, but then chose to go out of state, which in California and in my family in particular was not expected and went to the University of Missouri. So it was a very interesting choice pattern. <laughs> and for me, I remember wanting to get out of the Bay Area as quickly as I could. 
And at the same time, knowing that was going to be upsetting for people mm. around me. Yeah. And I well, cared, but didn't all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, it's the fine balance of like, I'm a big girl, right? I can do what I'm going to do. And like, but gosh, I'm going to miss you guys. And, and, Try not to like cry when I'm leaving because you're totally going to like have the domino effect with me where I'm going to be emotional about leaving. Right. Hoy. Well, and Columbia, Missouri, of all stinking places <laughs> from San Francisco, can we just like have a sidebar conversation about potential culture shock? There was a lot of culture shock. There was going to Columbia, Missouri, as long as I was on campus was okay. And I should say... I chose the school because of their education program. At that point, I thought I was going to be a middle school science teacher. It was very specific. I knew what my dream was. I knew what my goal was. And anybody that knows me knows that when I've got a goal, man, it's going to happen. And the way that their school of education was set up was very different from the California state schools, where the last two years of your undergraduate education, you were an embedded substitute in schools in the local area. And that was made sense to me. I could actually learn to be a teacher by being a teacher versus in California, you go all the way through and then your fifth year, you're doing actual teaching work. That made no sense to me. So there was a lot of thought put into why that school, having no knowledge of Missouri much less Columbia, Missouri, much less knowing where in the world that was. I couldn't find it on a map. And so it was an interesting choice. But the other thing was it was the closest to home that I even considered. Everything else was complete East Coast. Wow. Which I also feel like that sometimes is a reason why some students pick the schools that they pick. It's like a, a common reason is I wanted to get as far away from home as possible. Even if home life was like healthy and, and normal and whatever else, still like you're like, wait, where's what can you explain to me the logic in that decision making <laughs> process? Because the further you go, it also seems like the more dollar signs you're seeing potentially with these schools. So I don't know that there was any financial consideration in my 17 year old brain. So the other thing is, you know, with where my birthday falls, I was a young high school graduate. And like I said, I did choose to stay local and I went to a community college for the first two years, which was in retrospect, a really good decision because it gave me, number one, more time to save money. And number two, it just allowed me to mature a little bit more and know what I was going to school for and what I needed to do at that time. And <laughs> as far as being an out-of-state transfer student, I knew nothing. I didn't know what that was going to look like, what that meant. I didn't do a college tour before choosing any of these schools. I did work with a college consultant. So I worked with Miriam Bowden and this was what was presented and it made sense to me. And I did the work to get myself there, but I don't think I really knew what I was getting into at all. It was just, of course, I'm going to a four-year school and I want to get out of here. Well, and then you kind of alluded to it, right? You you so you went you're studying science education so how did that work out well clearly i'm not a middle school science teacher <laughs> um, so 
what ended up happening was twofold. One, I was a community advisor in the dorms and I fell in love with that type of work, working with young adults, getting to know people, meeting people, helping people to go through a process. And the dorm that I happened to be in was primarily for transfer students and international students. And the whole world of college life opened up to me and University of Missouri was, I don't know if it still is, really well known for their college life programming. And so a lot of the theories on how and why you build dorms the way you do and things like that were really kind of coming out of the University of Missouri. So that was really exciting to me. I ended up doing an internship. I was the only undergraduate that was chosen for this internship of typically graduate students to help build college life programs in other areas. And then <laughs> the other piece of it, the reason that I chose this program was to go and be an embedded substitute. And I hated it. So part of this, again, I can look back and understand it, but, you know, being in the moment, you don't, you just either love it or hate it, right? So I absolutely hated rural Missouri and being this teacher in a one building K through 12 in Pilot Grove, Missouri, which is a rural community, <laughs> was not for me. And not only that, but what really switched for me was going and talking to the administration about the fact that they had this immensely high dropout rate between sixth grade and 12th grade. They went typically from a class of 30 sixth graders to a class of six 12th graders. And I was curious and I wanted to know why that was and how that was and why they weren't doing anything to keep these kids in school and it made no sense coming from an area that was steeped in, not only are you gonna complete high school, you're gonna complete college and graduate school. So it, it was this dissonance, and I don't know that administration knew what to do with me, quite frankly. And so I didn't get a lot of answers. I got a lot of pushback. I got a lot of, this is just the way it is. You need to accept it. And again, that doesn't sit well for somebody like me. <laughs> so. I, I essentially finished my undergraduate work and I had already worked for another educational consulting firm coming out of high school. And I came back to the Bay Area after completing my undergraduate and I said, okay, I get it. I know why you do what you do. I know how I can have a different impact. I'm ready to be a consultant. And they very graciously said, that's great. Go get a master's. You're listening to the Success is Subjective podcast, and I'm your host, Joanna Lilly. As a reminder, if you've missed any past episodes, you can catch them on Apple Podcasts. My guest today is Shana Abram. Okay, so that was nice of them, right? Again, here's this like, there's there's something in the water, actually, I think that relates to sarcasm, possibly in the San Francisco Bay Area, because that's that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> Maybe that's just me and my interpretation of it. I'm not going to say that it's everywhere, but definitely felt it for myself. 
Well, obviously you kind of, you had this experience, you had this vision, you kind of saw, saw the need or like your, your purpose or passion, whatever you want to call it. And then you knew already an organization, like a group of professionals that were doing the work that you wanted to do. And yet here they are saying, okay, go get your master's. So did you go get your master's? What did you do next? No. Be way too simple. No, I <laughs> decided to work full time simultaneously. I was getting my chemical dependency counseling certification. So 40 hours a week, and then on the weekends was doing this, which I don't recommend to anybody ever. So <laughs> if anybody's thinking this might be a good plan, don't do it. And I actually I got burnt out both from the, the academic work, but also the commute that I was having between everything. And in case you're wondering, the Bay Area traffic has only gotten worse, not better. And so this was, it was a lot. And I am a very driven person and I don't give up very easily. And so there was also a bit of stubbornness involved in I'm going to do all the things and you can't tell me otherwise. So interestingly enough, I ended up looking at graduate school's as a way to take a break, which is a very weird thing to think, but it was a way to not have to do this commute, work this hard, do all the things that I was doing. So I ended up finishing the chemical dependency certification and then enrolling in Lewis and Clark College up in Portland, Oregon for my graduate degree. Wow. Okay. That's, and here you are studying out of state again. Like was, was somebody also family or community wise looking at you going, Shana, can you just stay in California? Yes and no. <laughs> Oregon was a lot more acceptable than Missouri because it's closer and because it's drivable distance much easier and it's West Coast. And so it made a lot more sense culturally for me to be there. However, it was still out of state and that was intentional on my part. I've, I have been somebody that looks for where is my community, whether that's through the work community that I have built, whether that's through the geographic community that I live in, but that has always been a key piece for me. And it was a vastly different experience coming from Mizzou, which is a gigantic state school, and then going to Lewis and Clark, which is an itty bitty tiny private institution. And the one thing that is common or <laughs> is a thread for me, I move places without knowing a whole lot about them and explore once I get there. <laughs> so <laughs> I had a place to live, but I, and I had gotten into graduate school. I didn't know a whole lot about Portland, but here we go, right? Here's, it's my out from this, this burnout, quite frankly and moved up there. I got a job as a bridal consultant and went to graduate school for a master's in counseling psychology with specialties in eating disorders and addictions. And that is like the perfect kind of tee up for a lot of the work that you're doing now. And I mean, you're, you're, you graduated a while ago, so you graduated. Did you come back to California? What did you do next? So after I had my master's degree, I did come back to California. I should also say I'm an only child and my parents are getting older. So the likelihood of leaving where they are gets slimmer and slimmer the older I get. <laughs> so, cause they're not going anywhere anytime soon. 
unless they have a surprise for me. (laughs) So I came back to the Bay Area. I went back to the same educational consulting firm that I worked with before. I was their assistant for a short period of time. And then I moved into full-time consulting. I helped them cover some folks' maternity leave coverage and, you know, quickly kind of moved into taking on my own caseload and have been consulting ever since. Right. Which is like the perfect, but you're no longer with that firm. So what are you doing now? Yes. So I left that firm in 2010 and started my practice, Prepare to Bloom, in March of 2011 and have been doing that ever since. About five years into having my practice, alongside Jenny Wilder and Jake Weld, I helped to start the Therapeutic Consulting Association, which is a trade organization for referring professionals who are primarily placing adolescents, young adults in therapeutic settings and have grown that and still am on the board, which I'm very proud of. We have done some amazing work. And then most recently with with you and Adrian <laughs> Frumberg have launched the College Parent Survival Network, which is an online community for parents of late teens, young adults who are exploring college, in college, just recently graduated college, and a place for parents to really ask all those tough questions that they may not have a safe space to ask elsewhere. I mean, I'm going to say I'm a little biased and say that's a pretty stinking cool thing, but obviously it's only one of several things that you are juggling. So it's all impressive nonetheless. Well, it's it's fun. I get to collaborate with people like you. So what else could I want? Ah, Coolest, coolest job in the world, right? Collaborators. Okay. So I'm going to ask you this question because I ask everybody, do you see yourself as successful? I don't like this question. I would like you to remove it from your (laughs) question. Strike it from the record. (laughs) I do see myself as successful. And the reason I say that is even though I am not a middle school science teacher, I am in a, in a place where I get to help educate people. I'm also in a place where I get to help bring people together and create community. And what is better than that? Right. I get to see change happen, real, true, intrinsic change happen in people's lives. I can't think of a better job. I can't think of a better way to define success for myself, for anybody else. Is it always rainbows and butterflies? No. Do I wish it was? No. Because all of those nights where I am upset, tired, feeling like things aren't going well, those make the nights where I get a call from parents saying, wow, you know, things are going well, so much sweeter. So knowing that you work with the absolute prime group of young people that this is targeted towards, right, this emerging adult population, if you could give one piece of advice then to a young person who is 
struggling, whether it's, you know, insert one of your clients, you know, and whatever it is that they're dealing with, or just, you know, generally speaking, um, really uncertain about their future, what piece of advice would you give? This question I like, you can keep this one. (laughs) (laughs) If you're listening, keep this one for the record. (laughs) So we're we're cheeky. It's Friday afternoon. (laughs) It is Friday and I just had coffee. So I think I've got a little extra buzz going on. Oh, goodness. I would say two things. I'm going to stretch your question and say two things. One is college will always be there. Go explore, go play, go find the things that light you up, that make you happy, that bring you joy. College will still be there after you find those things. And I think the other piece is go play. You know, there is plenty of time to work. There is never enough time to go do all the things that you want to do. Explore the places you want to explore. Go do it. Be adventurous. Yeah. Gosh, as you're talking, I'm like, shoot, I want to, I want to explore. Right? Is, I it too, play. is it too late for me to like go work seasonally or travel around? Possibly. No, it's never too late. Go do it. Go <laughs> Good do answer. It. Good answer. Okay. Well, because I know somebody's gonna, they're gonna, stumble upon this podcast interview. They're going to be curious about your experience, whether it was because of education, because of employment, because of who you are and and where you're located. Somebody, some people are going to reach out to you. So how do they actually connect with you? Yeah, that's that. I am always happy to connect. I love connection. Even if it's just a quick hi, I can be found at preparetobloom.com on every kind of social media. My website is preparetobloom.com, all spelled out. And you can also always call or text at 650-888-4575. Classy. And then if they want to connect with, let's see, the Therapeutic Consulting Association, we'll make sure we have that also in the notes, as well as the link to the College Parent Support Network. Shana, thanks for taking the time and sharing your story. Happy to be here. Thanks for asking me. That's it for this week's Success is Subjective episode. Stay tuned for our next episode where you can bet it'll be another amazing human sharing their very personal story with the world. You can follow me, Joanna, on Instagram at Lily Consulting and on Facebook at Lily Consulting LLC. Most importantly, though, check out the resources link on my website at lilyconsulting.com. And that's L-I-L-L-E-Y consulting.com. Or you can just search on Google for Lily Consulting. You can also download and subscribe to listen to the Success is Subjective interviews on any popular podcast app, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Make sure you check out the show notes where you'll find contact information, website details, links to articles, and all social media for our guest. Thank you, our listener, for tuning in. And remember, there is no single path through life. Success is what you make it.